You're listening to the ACB Advocacy Update. everybody, this is Claire. Well, welcome. Ooh, can't talk. Welcome back to another episode of ACB Advocacy Update. And this is Clark Rockfall, Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs here with the American Council of the Blind. And we are coming at you talking about a new issue this week. Um, let's mix it up for once. Um, we usually at the end encourage you to check us out. We'll start with it today. So before we jump in, we just want to um, say thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you continue to listen to us. Um, you probably already know this because you're listening, but just in case, you can find us on iTunes or you can listen to us on ACB Radio. So check us out, share it with your friends. Um, if you have any issues, you can always reach out to us at advocacy at acb.org. And please Please, if you're not a member, we'd love you to become a member of ACB, either at uh, the highest level, just at large, or through your state affiliates, or um, on an interspace, topic-based um, organization. So check us out. You can check out the affiliates at acb.org and go to affiliates. So um, now we'll jump in. So Clark, something happened this week. What happened this week? That is a very open-ended question, Claire, but I'll stick it to the (laughs) topic of the podcast. What applicable to the podcast happened this week? Uh, This week, ACB and several of our members filed comments with the Federal Communications Commission. Or the FCC. The Mm -hmm. FCC, correct. Um, The FCC is gathering input to inform a report to Congress on developments within the video description marketplace. And so here, Clark just used the language video description. Um, That's kind of the term of art that they use at the FCC. You'll hear us more ACB tend to use the term audio description. ACB has the audio description project, for instance. They're interchangeable. They're the same thing, just different language. So. whether we use one or the other, that's what we're talking about. So Yeah, in both cases, it refers to the uh, verbal cues that are inserted into video programming that provides uh, audio description of key elements of program between dialogue. So another way to think about it is like the narration um, in a book that's in between the character dialogue. So that moment in the video when the the ominous music is playing and someone creeps into the room and those of us who are blind or visually impaired don't know, the nice narrator says, and the bad guy creeps in behind the woman, dun, 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 um, and you know what's going on. And you don't have to turn to the person next to you and go, hey, Claire, what's happening? What are they doing? Who is that? Clark, I have no idea. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So when... The Communications and Video Accessibility Act was passed in 2010. You got that right. Nice. Yeah, CBAA. It's quite the mouthful. That kind of got the, the whole ball rolling here. It reinstituted some rules at the FCC um, starting in 2011. And since then, it's been required that the top four TV broadcast networks so your 
ABC, CBS, Fox, and NBC nice, broadcasters um, in the top 60 media markets carry you know, 50 hours of audio described, video described programming each quarter. In 2017, that was raised to 87 and a half hours, including prime time and non-prime time, as well as children's programming. Uh, and those rules also apply to the top five uh, cable networks. Uh, those cable networks were recently updated. They're updated last year, and they now include, oh, let's see if I can get this one, uh, Discovery, HGTV, History Channel, TBS, and ooh, one more. Mm, I couldn't tell you either. We can look those up for you. But basically, it's now expanded to different cable channels. So um, slowly but surely, it's been expanding, which is really exciting. And that one more is USA Network. Nice. The two that fell off of the top 10 were the Disney Channel and TNT. But just because they're out of the top five, we hope that they continue to offer audio described and video described programming. Um, so yeah, you can see based on what we were just saying, um, it's really dictated by what people are watching. Um, so we would like to hope and think that eventually all channels would provide audio description, but, but the way it's mandated, at least legally through the CVAA, is based on the most um, predominantly watched channels. So um, that's kind of how the way the law was written. And you're probably sitting there asking yourself, like, really? Those, those are the top five channels? Uh, you know, where's Fox News, where's MSNBC or ESPN? And the reason those three channels are not included is because they have a waiver due to offering live and near live programming that would be more dis difficult to describe in real time. So they have a waiver from the FCC. Mm -hmm. uh, a couple years ago, ACB did a survey of our membership and it showed overwhelming that it's like over 90% of our members uh, use and want to use more audio and video described programming, whether that's TV, films, online, and 90% currently use and over more than three quarters uh, would hope that more programming is video described in the future. So that's a big point that we and our members are seeking to make in our comments right now to the FCC. It's like what we have is great, um, but in 50, 87 and a half hours in a quarter, that's, that's not a whole lot. Yeah, if you do the math, it's not. And is that really getting at all the shows that our members, their family, their children, you know, want to watch and want to share and enjoy together? I'm a diehard Grey's Anatomy fan, and it's still not audio described, so we need it. I want it. You know, I I love me a good Law & Order SVU marathon, nice. but you know, it's now April, and there's a really big show coming back to HBO that has been out of my life for over a year now, and I know that I'm not the only person waiting for the return of Game of Thrones. Nice. but it's not audio described. Yeah, 
So we have a long way to go. Um, as an aside, we're going to go back to the comments through the FCC because um, that's what our main topic was today. Um, but I just wanted to touch upon it because Clark just mentioned it. Um, we're also doing a lot of work to bring about audio description to some of your non-traditional um, mm -hmm. forums of TV watching. We're in an era now where it's not just TV anymore. It's not just cable and that kind of thing that I grew up with. We now have Hulu. We now have Netflix. Um, Amazon is coming out with stuff. There's just, I can't even keep it all straight. It's insane. It's exciting, but it's, there's just a lot to it. And so we are constantly keeping our ear out on, will those have audio description? Um, we just had a settlement this past year with Hulu. Very exciting. Thank you, Kim Charleston, for all your work there. Um, Netflix has um, had some litigation there too and has done a lot. So we're constantly seeing a lot of changes going to those uh, those forums as well. And again, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, 20 different new platforms come up, but keep an ear out for those because television isn't the same anymore. And we want to make sure um, that audio description exists in those, those places as well. That's a great point, Claire. And I'm sure many of you saw in the last month, Hulu announced that they will make available four of their original programs, uh, including The Handsmaid's Tale mm -hmm. with audio description. Uh, Amazon Prime, like Claire said, and Netflix, they're including audio description with some of their programming as well as passing through audio description. And as more platforms make it available, an important feature becomes, how do you know what's audio described? Where do you find it? Can you watch it when you want to watch it? Do you have to watch it when it airs? And the audio description project does a great job of verifying what shows and programs are available with audio description, but all that's done after the fact. And one of the points that we make in our, in our comments and that we'd love for the FCC to tackle going forward is, is a centralized, uniform TV guide that displays video and audio described programming. Much like you have your ratings for content and you have a symbol for closed captioning when it's available, we'd like something like that available for audio description as well. Yeah, ACV is working hard to um, liaise with the right people to advocate for that and continue to advocate for that. Um, but until we do have that, um, probably the most um, a cohesive place you can go to find all those uh, those materials is at our website through the um, audio description projects. If you go to acb.org and look for the ADP um, link, you'll be able to find a pretty um, pretty expansive list of everything that's available. So until we get this TV guide, which we really hope to see soon and we're going to keep fighting for, um, definitely check out our website to find out what's there. Yeah. And we know that this is a high priority for our members as well because they voted and passed a resolution on it yep. in 2018. So that makes our job a lot easier when they speak with one clear voice on an issue. Exactly. So Clark, let's go back to what the FCC is doing. Um, like we talked about, April 1, Monday of this week, was a big day because comments were due. So what exactly did we hear? Um, ACB submitted some comments. A lot of our members submitted comments. So thank you so much um, to all of our members. Um, in our podcast today, we're actually going to talk directly with one of our members about how she submitted comments. But what did we hear and who talked and what did that look like? 
So again, we have the, the ACB comments where we talked about how the video description marketplace has evolved, uh, where we think it should head and where we recommend it go in the future. And that does include the unified TV guide. It also includes having available multiple audio channels. So a content producer does not need to choose whether they will offer Spanish language or audio description. Why not both? Why not have separate multiple channels where you could even have Spanish language audio description? I'm sure you guys have all had that moment like I have where a lot of times the same button to um, get audio description is also for Spanish um, interpretation. And so sometimes you hit it and instead of getting audio description, you get the Spanish um, interpretation, which is great if you speak Spanish, but I do not. <laughs> and so I have to fumble to quickly turn it off or I'm going to miss a good chunk of what the show is. So yeah, like Clark said, we want to find a way to um, not have to use the same button for both those things. And like Clark said, maybe even have um, you know, audio description in Spanish. So. And we made a point in our comments to highlight where this is already possible and where there has been innovation in the audio description uh, marketplace. So for example, on international flights on Virgin Atlantic, their in-flight entertainment allows the user to select from you know, any number of foreign languages or audio description for their entertainment on the flight. I mean, you can do it on a plane, chances are you can do it with, you know, a traditional cable network or an IP-based video delivery system. Um, we've also highlighted the Disney Everywhere app as well as an iPhone app by the name of ActiveView. Mm -hmm. And these apps allow the user on their own personal device to sync audio description feeds with a movie that's playing, whether that's in the theater or at home. And that that's really cutting edge and that way, you, know, you can enjoy the audio description, and if other people don't want to hear it, they don't have to. Yeah, exactly. So, and then our members that filed comments, a lot of them noted in their is personal experience what works well and what does not work so well with the delivery of audio description. And that's a, a common issue that we yeah. hear about here at the national office. And the, the thing that we always tell people to do is to contact the FCC. Yep. Um, we've been told explicitly by the individual at the FCC to have members um, contact them directly because um, in the grand scheme of things, this is still a new world. And in order to make changes, they need to hear from people. So, you know, if you have an issue, please don't just think, oh, well, whatever. No, contact them. They want to know because the only way for them to make changes is to contact them. Um, so you can contact the um, individual directly who deals with these issues. His name is Will Shell at the FCC. You can email him at Will dot shell at fcc.gov. His last name is spelled S-C-H-E-L-L. -L, so will.shell at fcc.gov. And again, don't just think, oh, somebody else will do it. They want to hear stories. They want to hear anecdotes. 
And one of the big issues we hear is that things just vary along different um, TV providers. Um, we wish it was just, you know, boom, we have this new thing and everything works well, but uh, we see a lot of variation in different um, TV providers from one state to the next. And so, you know, we're trying to work work out all the kinks with the different providers all across the U.S. So hopefully those things will be fixed soon. But in the meantime, let your voice be heard and uh, make sure that you're fighting to get what you have a right to. So, and, and as we stated, the comment deadline at the FCC for this public notice has passed, but they are taking reply comments through May 1st. May 1st. Mm -hmm. And because the FCC website is uh, fairly particular, uh, we at the ACB National Office are volunteering to assist members with filing their reply comments. So don't, don't use, you know, I had a difficult time doing it as an excuse not to, to submit comments. Yeah, and if you want to send your comments to us, uh, please send them to advocacy at acb.org. And we'd like to have comments or re reply comments in from our members by April 25th, just so that way we have enough time to follow up, make sure everything's good to go. So and that gives you a few weeks. Get them submitted on your behalf. Yeah, I'm going to nerd out for a second. Um, I believe very strongly in our political system and our administrative system here in the U.S. As Americans, we have a voice. Um, and that's what this whole process is through our different agencies in the federal government and in the executive branch. We have a right to make comments and let our voice be heard. Um, so we'll be talking about lots of other um, administrative processes for comments in different areas and this is the current one through the FCC so please put comments out there you know the more comments we get the louder our voices so please you know no issue or comment is too big or too small let your voice be heard so please file comments and like um, like we were saying if you have any issues we'd be happy to help you file those comments and again these comments and reply comments will inform the FCC's work for their report to Congress, which is due in September. So really this is your opportunity, opportunity to have your voice heard. Great. Um, so like we talked about earlier, we're now going to cut to a nice conversation we had with one of our members um, who submitted her own comment. So we're gonna have a quick talk. Um, before we do that, I just want to thank all of our members who did submit comments. I won't name all of you for privacy reasons, but for all of you who submitted comments, thank you so much. So much, And for all of those who are going to submit uh, reply comments, we really appreciate it as well. Um, so thank you for listening, and we're now going to cut to our discussion with one of our very own members who submitted her own comments. This is Claire again. I'm here with Clark, and this next segment of the podcast is going to be talking to one of our very own ACB members, Sheila Young. Thanks for being here, Sheila. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for inviting me. Definitely. Um, so those who have been listening to the podcast know we've been talking about audio description or video description, as the FCC calls it, and, you know, what that looks like for those of us who are blind and how important it is, and then I was also talking about the 
awesome part we get to play as Americans to turn in comments um, and kind of just play this civic duty role in um, what's going on and what our government's going to do to hopefully improve upon these different issues. So with that, we just thought it would be fun to hear a little bit about your own experience. Um, so first, um, tell us about your experience with um, audio description. Do you use it a lot? Do you enjoy it? I use it as much as I can. I am, um, you know, I go to the movies on occasion, so I certainly listen to the audio description on that. Um, I've just been able to get a fire stick, so I've got it hooked up, but I haven't learned how to use it yet, so <laughs> still in the learning stages of that. I'm so excited about that because um, I have a grandson who's three, and I just can't wait for him to come over and be able to listen to one of his shows with him Aww. with a description. I think that'll be so much fun. So there's just so much about description that is exciting. I work with blind and visually impaired children, and um, the uh, DCMP website, we play uh, little clips on occasion for them, and they're described, and it's just so exciting for me to be able to see the fact that we're teaching kids about what's going on on the screen instead of them just sitting there listening to whatever is being said so it's actually being described to them there's just so much to it that i just i don't even know where to start it's very very um enlightening exciting and you know it's educational so i just entertaining all of those words so that's that's my feelings on that great definitely i love i love that story of uh, with your grandchild watching shows together that's that's great i love that and sheila have you noticed a big difference in the in the classroom doing video lessons with audio description versus without yes Yes, because even though the children I work with are, are multiply handicapped, we have a few that are able to understand what's going on. And they actually sit there and do a little bit of interacting when they hear the description. So that's pretty exciting to me, rather than just sitting there and listening to the sound of what's going on, you know, that's actually being described to them. So I think they're understanding it a little bit better. That's awesome. What a great tool. Yeah. So let's talk about this whole process of submitting comments. Um, earlier in the podcast, I joked that I'm, I'm a nerd, a political science government nerd, um, because I love the whole process that we have in the U.S. about having the right, really, to participate in commenting on what is going on regulation-wise or whatever it might be in the U.S. And so we have this great opportunity to put in our two cents, um, as it were, on what uh, current um, regulations look like and practices look like for audio description or video description, as the FCC calls it. So um, tell us your, your experience. Was this the first time you've ever put comments out there, or have you done it before? And No, this was actually my first time. And I'll tell you what inspired me to do it was being at the legislative seminar and the president's meetings and listening to the FCC representative there. Um, he really just gave me the whole attitude of, you know, they really do care. They want to hear mm -hmm. what we have to say. So when ACB sent out the survey and, and input, I tried to do it and it wasn't very <laughs> easy to access. 
So I emailed Clark. Thank you, Clark. And um, he was able to help me through filling out the um, input form because I just, I couldn't do it. It, it was not easy to get the information put in. So, you know, it was my first time of doing it. And I just, I agree with you, Claire. I think it is so important that we as Americans have the right to receive the services that we have been told we are entitled to. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that it's important for us to let people know if we're not getting them. So, mm -hmm. you know, yes, it was my first time to do it. So. Well, I'm so glad that um, you weren't discouraged by some, you know, hiccups in trying to submit the comments. You know, we're always advocating to the government to make their websites more accessible, but even in the midst of, you know, a little frustration here and there, ACB, we're always here to help you submit those comments because we want to make sure um, that our voice is out there. So I'm so, so happy that you didn't let that stop you and that um, you did reach out to Clark and to Kelly and making sure we got those comments in. So thank you. Well, I thank ACB for giving us the opportunity and the avenues to be able to have our say. You know, if, if it weren't for ACB, we wouldn't have that connection. So I really appreciate that. And Sheila, earlier in the podcast, we shared the contact information uh, for the gentleman from the FCC who spoke at the legislative seminar, Will Shell, and you've emailed him. Uh, with your experience and the experience of some other uh, Florida Council of the Blind members when it relates to audio description as well, haven't you? Yes, I have. I, like I said, I was very impressed with him and his presentation. And it, it genuinely sounded to me like the FCC wants to hear what's going on so that they can work on helping us get the services. So I, I didn't hesitate to email him at all. I thought, and on the advocacy call the other night, you also reiterated to email him. So I thought, why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How encouraging is that too? And you know, a time when it can be a little frustrating with the government to have a government employee who is so open and excited to hear from us and want us to, you know, give comments and feedback. So shout out to Will and the FCC. We appreciate what you guys are doing. Absolutely. And like we stated earlier, we, we will be reaching out to members again to submit reply comments to the FCC on the evolution of video slash audio description. And just like Sheila did, if you could please email your replies, if you need help filing them, to advocacy at acb.org. Great. Well, and thank it worked. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Sheila, for spending some time with us. We really appreciate it. Um, well, you're very welcome, and thank you for inviting me. Of course. Thanks, everybody, for listening today. Um, listen back for us next week on our next episode. Um, again, always feel free to email us with any issues at advocacy at acb.org. And like we always tell you guys, keep advocating. <laughs>